Hello, Duck fans. Good morning. This is Locked On Ducks, your daily source for info, updates, and analysis on your Oregon Ducks. My name is Jordan Long, and I'm your host. You can always find me on Twitter at the Dustoff Guy. Today, we're going to be previewing the men's basketball game versus Cal tonight, and we're going to then try and wrap up the receivers group. And then, in the last part of the show, we're going to start the tight ends and running backs group for the upcoming uh, spring practice that started today. You can always find the show at Locked On Ducks on Twitter. And if you want to send in questions or comments, please use the hashtags AskLodPod. That's hashtag AskLodPod. We'll try and deal with questions on our Monday mailbag. And uh, critiques, comments, uh, criticisms, suggestions are always welcome and taken into account. Please click subscribe or follow on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave five out of five stars. And if you don't think I deserve five stars, leave five stars anyway. And just tell me why in the review, and I'll go ahead and uh, see if I can get it fixed for you. A couple of notes before we get started. By the time you're listening to this, I'm going to be in Philadelphia for a podcast symposium that will be hosted by the At GoBirds pod and WIP's John Barshard. Uh, super excited to attend that. Really looking forward to uh, a chance to make connections and enjoy fellow broadcasters and enjoy my first visit to the nation's first capital. I'm going to try and get a rundown from tonight's game posted tomorrow, but it may come on Friday afternoon or on Saturday. I'm always looking for ways to improve myself and improve the podcast, and this is a great opportunity and a great chance to do it. So, Appreciate your patience on Friday's show, and I look forward to maybe even broadcasting it from Philadelphia. So thank you, and on to the action! Oregon has its last two games of the season, both against Bay Area schools, but they'll be playing at home. They're going to be facing off against Cal and Stanford tonight and Saturday night. The Ducks are number two in the Pac-12, only a half a game behind UCLA. UCLA, of course, is number one. They beat number six Arizona last Saturday. When I say number six, I mean number six in the past uh, Pac-12. UCLA has won the last seven games, and they're the only team so far to actually clinch a spot in in the seeding for the Pac-12 tournament. They play number four in the Pac-12 USC this Saturday. And with a UCLA loss on Saturday and Oregon winning out, that's going to allow Oregon to take the number one spot. Now, Oregon, Arizona State, Arizona, USC, Colorado, Stanford are all contending for the other three seeds for the uh, top spots to open the Pac-12 tournament, which is going to be a week from this weekend. But focusing on the California Golden Bears tonight at Matthew Knight Arena, Cal actually has won the all-time series 84-63. At home, however, Oregon is 43-28 against Cal in the all-time series. They've also won the last six straight against Cal and are 8 of 10 in the last 10 outings. Cal was picked uh, preseason finish last in the Pac-12, 
But if they win against either Oregon today or Oregon State on Saturday, they're going to finish 8th place in the Pac-12. So a little defying expectations there. Cal player, sophomore uh, Matt Bradley is the current Pac-12 player of the week. He's averaging over 18 points per game in the conference and a little over 17 points per game nationally. He's 91% from the foul line, which is going to be a key to the game later that we'll talk about. But when it comes to keys to the game for California, ball control is absolutely a fundamental aspect. I mean, it is for every team. But for Cal, they have fewer than 10 turnovers when they win games. In the last five games, they have 27 attempts from the foul line. And so it's just absolutely important, for Cal anyway, that Bradley keep making these foul shots. The Ducks go into the weekend ranked 13th in the nation. And even though they're half a game behind UCLA, we're all hoping that they win out against Cal and Stanford in the next, uh, the last two games of the season. If that happens, Oregon's going to be the first school in conference history to win football, women's basketball, and men's basketball championships in the same school year. Only Ohio State has done this of all the Power 5 schools. I mean, in fact, if you listen to yesterday's show, you know there's some to-do at, uh, at USC about going uh, doing a commercial deal like Notre Dame has done. And there's sort of this question about out there about whether or not Oregon is in a place where they should do the same thing. I'm looking forward to getting y'all's feedback on that and making it a topic of discussion. As for tonight, Oregon is undefeated at home in the last 20 games, and so far this year, they're 15-0. and Chris Duarte isn't playing. He had that surgery on his hand last week and is expected to miss the rest of the season. You know, it's possible he could be back if they make a deep run in March Madness, but we'll just have to wait and, wait and see about that. As far as other injuries... Will Richardson uh, is apparently a game-time decision. He turned his ankle in a contest against OSU and, you know, finished the game, but uh, it turned out that he was actually hurt pretty bad. He says that he's ready, but the trainers said that he's not quite ready yet, and Coach Altman is saying that, like I said, is a game-time decision. Uh, Will Richardson's pretty important here. He's a very tall guard at standing at 6'5", and he's he I think he's is he's almost necessary to compete physically with Bradley, who's 6'4", 220 pounds. And that's gonna leave with Richardson's absence, that is gonna leave three guards left to play on the roster. Of course, Peyton Pritchard, who's the current favorite to win the Pac twelve player of the year, and Anthony uh, Mathis and Addison Peterson. Addison Peterson is freshman, 6'6", 195 pounds. Uh, he's had decent playing time, averaging about 10 minutes per game. Uh, but he's averaging only about 4 points per game and not much else. You know, maybe a rebound or so per game. But he'll have to really step it up if he's going to give rest to the other two players. Fortunately, Pritt is no stranger to playing full uh, like through full games. Multiple times, especially with overtime. He's gone all the way through regulation, all the way through overtime, 45-plus minutes. Mathis is a pretty solid three-point shooter and has showed some stuff when he does get some playing time. So 
I think they're going to be alternating between Anthony Mathis and Addison Peterson with Pritchard getting, you know, the lion's share, if not all the backcourt work uh, throughout the game. Nefale Dante, I hope, gets a lot more playing time at center. This The success of the Ducks tonight may depend on how much time he can play. Hopefully they increase his minutes from last week where coach limited it to, to five minutes in the game. It was his first game back after his knee injury, which he missed a lot of time for. But And we did talk about that injury in the last podcast, so check that out to get caught up. But some there are some questions I've heard on uh, social media over such a highly rated recruit. He was five stars uh, coming out of high school. You know, and it's some questions over whether he's going to declare for the draft. But I think that's not going to happen with – he really has no freshman year to speak of. He really – he needs to come back next year and put on a sophomore year performance at a wow him. If not that, then he's definitely going to have to show something tonight and this weekend and help carry this team uh, deep into the tournament, hopefully. We already talked about one of the keys to the game being containing Bradley, but – I think we really need to address, too, the fact that California likes to play slow. You know, they 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 like to bring it down to the last few possessions, draw out the game time, uh, draw out the shot clock. I think, I think Oregon needs to really push the tempo. I, they can't let it come down to the final few possessions or down to the last couple of minutes. I think that's going to be really important here. You know, we've talked about it before, too, but three-point shooting is going to be key. Oregon is ranked 10th nationally with a three-point percentage of uh, 384. And there's always a second-half heroics. We've seen that some of their most significant losses, the most important losses, come when they go cold shooting in the second half and the defense just can't make up for it. But we also talked about how Coach Altman is 61-27 and 27 in the second half of Pac-12 play. And that Peyton Pritchard is a key to these late game heroics, these overtime heroics. So if they can come on strong and stay consistent, but then, you know, get up by 20 points, you know, two thirds of the way through the second half, I think they stand a really good shot of winning this game. And it's going to be fun to watch. We got two games left on the year and I'll be coming at you tomorrow, either late in the day or Saturday with a review of the game but for now I got to take a quick break and we're going to be right back to talk about uh, spring training and finish up our receivers group review. Welcome back we just finished talking about the men's basketball game tonight and previewing that now I want to talk a little bit about upcoming spring practice we're kind of talking about the basic roster the basics behind the players their fundamentals We did potential starters yesterday, and now I want to finish the receivers group and start the tight ends group. It was just announced yesterday that finishing up the two-week spring training camp that starts today, they're going to do an open practice at Hillsborough Stadium uh, Saturday, March 14th. It's at 1 p.m. It's free, open to the public, and I'm definitely going to be there. So give me a shout-out on Twitter, at uh, LockedOnDucks. Or you can use my Twitter, at the Dustoff Guy, or use the hashtags AskLodPod. But anyway, let me know if you're going to be there, and I'll see you there. Then the Ducks are going to take a two-week break for finals and spring break, and then come back for another training session. 
The Ducks are bringing back 13 of their starters this year, and this is the second year in a row that they have the the top-rated recruited class in the Pac-12, and they're actually rated 12th recruiting class in the nation. All right, before we get to our first one today, I just want to remind you that I'm doing a rundown of the basics, uh, jersey number, class, height, weight, high school, some highlights if there are any. This is going to go by real quick for these folks because they're not the starters. There's a lot less tape on them, a lot less research can be done on them. But we're building a foundation that we can refer to in future episodes with these uh, with these men moving forward. So first up, I want to talk about J.R. Waters, number 85. He's a redshirt freshman, standing six foot, 397 pounds from Oxnard, California. He was a three-star composite recruit. Now, uh, for those of you that listened yesterday, you know that when I say uh, composite recruit, I'm talking about 24-7 sports composite ranking, which is an amalgam of uh, rankings from across like ESPN Rivals and all the sites out there that rank high schools. So this is kind of a one-stop shop, if you will, for rankings. He's a three-star composite recruit from Oxnard High School. Uh, I was only able to watch the highlights from the Oregon Saturday Night Live camp. But they do show a guy who's fast and a crisp route runner, but we do have to keep in mind that it's limited to a couple of plays and it's almost staged like a, like a practice. His junior year from Oxnard, though, showed highlights where he's actually very fast. Great ball tracking, good length for a guy who's so fast. I think he's got a really great mix of height and speed. Usually guys that tall are great at 50-50 balls, good hands, but lacks some of the top-end speed. This guy, JR, he can stop on a dime. He also has great burst from a, a stop. He no, also knows when to slow up to track an underthrown ball. Good deep route speed. He gets good separation and has excellent catching ability in space and on the go. But on the tape, I didn't see a ton of evidence for slipping or breaking tackles just because he was often so open that he could catch the ball. So I can't really speak to yak yards in his case. That's yards after the catch. And yak yards in his case. He does have the potential to develop into a speedy receiver who also has great length and capable of stretching the field by posing a kind of a deep field threat. Next up, I do want to talk about Justin Collins. Uh, number 82, senior, five foot nine, 187 pounds. Kind of a little guy for a, a, a football player, I might say. Uh, he's a walk-on from Los Angeles. He didn't have any football ratings on 24-7 or online, but was a dual-sport athlete at Carson High School. He played football and ran track. He won the 2015 state title for the 300-meter hurdles and also played quarterback. After high school, he went on to Long Beach State College, where he played wide receiver, getting nine receptions for 94 yards and a touchdown. He also had 15 kicks return for 376 yards. And in 2018, he played in four games with the University of Oregon, had one reception for 22 yards versus Arizona State. Corbin Williams... Uh, probably more of a practice squad scouting team type player. Where's the number 29 sophomore, six foot, 172 pounds. He's a walk-on from Portland. Uh, he, he doesn't have a rating from 24 seven, but he did play 11 games for central Catholic high school where he had 12 receptions, 247 yards and four touchdowns. He also played safety position and returned kicks. 
He did average 22-plus yards per carry, and he was named the All-Mount Hood Conference first team. So really looking forward to seeing a walk-on like this develop. He's another local kid trying to get a shot with the Oregon Ducks, a big-time program. Another practice team, scouting team type receiver is going to be Vincenzo uh, Logan, number 24 sophomore, stands six foot two. Still has some filling out to do, I think, at 175 pounds. He's also from Central Catholic High School there in Portland. He's had really limited playing time, only getting 22 receptions, averaging 10.5 yards per carry. Not a lot uh, on him. Another person from Central Catholic High School that I don't have a lot to say about that we're going to be paying attention to moving forward is going to be Jack Vecchi. Number 23, he's a junior, 5'7", 166 pounds. Uh, at Central Catholic, he had 43 receptions for almost 600 yards and 6 touchdowns. So pretty productive there. And he, he might have a role to fill uh, in a backup situation or at least uh, uh, in the practice squad. We'll see what happens. You know, it's a, it's a very deep team, but the strength is really in the starters that we talked about yesterday. I am excited to talk a little bit about Tevin uh, Gines, who, and please, if you hear me mispronounce the name, uh, uh, correct me. Not a lot of these guys have tape or interviews, but we have Tevin uh, Gines, uh, maybe Giannis, who's, where's the number 21, sophomore, six foot two, 180 pounds. He's from Scapoos. That's here in Oregon for all you out-of-state folks. He attended Skepoos High School, finished fifth in the state meet in the 400-meter relay, played multiple positions where he had 72 receptions for over 1,000 yards in high school, eight touchdowns, also had three rushing touchdowns, and on defense had two interceptions. He briefly appeared in 2018 for the U of O, playing on special teams versus Oregon State University. So he does have some time on the active roster there. So it'll be a lot of fun watching these guys go forward. We do have the spring practice I talked about coming up. I have to take a quick break now. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about the tight ends group. Welcome back to Locked on Ducks. My name is Jordan Long, your host. We were talking about the receiving group from the for the spring, upcoming spring practice that's happening today and for the next couple of weeks. Uh, we did cover the starters yesterday. I just finished talking about some of the backups, practice squad players, the number twos and number three receivers. Now I want to talk a little bit about the tight ends group. Uh, I'm going to start with uh, the, the perceived starters. We got Cam McCormick, number 84, senior, six foot five, 260 pounds from Bend, Oregon. He has a three-star composite rating from 24-7 Sports, attended Summit High School there. He did bulk up from 240 pounds when he coming out of high school. He did have a leg injury in high school that limited his production to 51 receptions for 694 yards and 10 touchdowns. He did play defense early in high school. Uh, he was a, uh, an edge rusher. I think that's going to give him an edge, so to speak, in blocking and kind of reading defensive tendencies. He did play in 13 games in 2017 where he had 16 receptions for 89 yards and a touchdown. Played behind Jacob Breland. He did have a season-ending injury to open the season in 2018. And then injured himself again in 2019 to his ankle and ended the season there. So he's really kind of sat out a couple years. I know he's ready to start this year. It's going to be really exciting to see what he can bring to the table. And hopefully those injuries aren't setting a pattern for the future and we see a lot of production out of Cam. 
Next up is Hunter Campmoyer. Uh, maybe second behind in the depth behind Cam. Number 48, senior, six foot four, 251 pounds. Shout out to friend of the pod, Kevin McCormick, who is a producer of uh, world renowned sports on YouTube. Also from Bishop, California. So uh, shout out there. He got a three star composite ranking from 24 7 Sports. Camp Moyer had offers from Cal and Oregon State University before committing to Arizona State University, but then he decommitted and decided to commit to the U of O in uh, 2015, enrolling the following year. I did watch his uh, junior highlights from high school. He played defensive end where he used length to get around the edge, kind of muscled a tackle into the QB. Uh, but what I what I saw that is he's got a lot of tenacity, not stopping after stopping his man, turning around and tracking the ball carrier if the quarterback did get the ball off. He was a 2016 Defensive Scout Team Player of the Year at Oregon. He played as a defensive end in 2017 and had five tackles. In 2018 season, he moved to tight end in special teams. And last year, he had five receptions for 59 yards and a touchdown. Kind of looking for a breakout year from this guy as a tight end. He's a very smart player. Said in an interview that he wants to go on to be a D1 coach. So he knows the game. Got high football IQ. He's able to learn the new position at tight end, obviously. I think he's got a high upside going forward. I want to talk about Spencer Webb here. Number 18, sophomore, six foot six, 246 pounds from Sacramento. He is a four-star composite rating, a consensus top 10 tight end from Christian Brothers High School. The tale of the tape from high school is that he clearly has the power to shed the block and get open. He also started in the slot with uh, notable speed, you know, athletic enough to stay on his feet, uses his length really well to reach up and pull it down. He also (laughs) utilized some spin moves and kind of ducking and weaving through traffic. So he's pretty athletic for a big guy, uh, can play in the slot as well as tight end. He did have offers from Oregon State and Cal, as well as UCLA, Florida State, Notre Dame, Texas A&M, Oklahoma. Uh, He committed and enrolled at Oregon in 2018, and then last year he played in 12 games. Had 18 receptions for 209 yards and 3 touchdowns. This included receptions in 9 of those games with two of those receptions going for 20 plus yards. So, you know, he can play in the slot, play tight end. I think he's got a high ceiling and he may be competing for that number two job as a tight end. Next up, we got Justin Herbert's brother, Patrick Herbert, red shirt freshman, wears the number 81, six foot five, 245 pounds. He's from Eugene, Oregon and from the Herbert football family. You know, if you listen back to the episode where we introduced Justin Herbert a couple of weeks ago, you can find out just how how deep these roots go in football and athletics. I think his dad was a tight end for Oklahoma and his mom was a gymnast there. Patrick is a four-star recruit from Sheldon, was the number one recruit in the state of Oregon, according to 24-7 Sports, number three ranked on ESPN for uh, Oregon recruits, and the top ranked tight end in Oregon. He is the ranked the number six tight end recruit in the country. And as a result of that, got offers from Oregon State, Cal, Nebraska, Florida. 
But, uh, you know, maybe due to the fact that he's from Eugene, brother plays at Oregon, or played at Oregon. He committed December 2018, enrolled at the University of Oregon in April 2019. Currently, he's developing as a redshirt freshman. He appeared in one game last year, but didn't get any action. So, it's going to be exciting to watch him develop uh, going forward. Great, great athleticism. Great training, you know, been training since he was a kid, so he's used to that. Got a lot of tenacity, heart, hard work, smart. Looking forward to seeing him develop. We're going to have to close it up early today. I look forward to talking Ducks when I get back from Philadelphia. Uh, this is Locked on Ducks, your daily source of info, updates, and analysis. I'm Jordan Long. You can find me on Twitter, at the Dustoff Guy. Next time, we're going to finish the tight end groups. We're going to do the running back group. We're going to do a rundown of tonight's game against Cal. And then we're going to do a preview of the women's basketball game against the winner of either UW or Utah, which uh, they're playing this afternoon. So we'll know uh, who women's basketball team is going to play in their opening uh, game of the Pac-12 tournament. We're going to be doing continued backstories on the spring training group, forming this foundation. We're going to do the O-line coming up soon. We're going to get coverage of Women's Basketball Pac-12 Tournament and the Men's Basketball Game versus Stanford on Saturday night. Remember that you can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnDucks and you can always, always reach the show with questions and comments using the hashtags AskLodPod. That's hashtag AskLodPod on Twitter. We'll address questions during our Monday mailbag, and I'm always open to ideas, thoughts, criticisms, suggestions, always looking to improve myself and improve the show. Please click subscribe or follow on whatever podcast platform you're listening on, and if you're listening to Apple Podcasts, rate the show five out of five stars. If you don't think I should get five out of uh, five, leave five anyway, and tell me why in a review, and I'll make sure I can see if I can get it fixed for you. In the meantime, I'm going to go enjoy Philadelphia and see the sights and sounds. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Go Ducks! (laughs) 